0: you're able to stand with us in <coughs> reverence to the Word of God in prayer. If you're not able, we understand that. And, uh, but let's, if you're able to stand in reverence to the Word of God in prayer, we'll read this passage and then bring the message God has laid upon our hearts. Psalms chapter 2 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying... Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession." Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and <coughs> ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled, but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for this day that you've blessed us with. I want to thank you for your goodness and mercy, Lord, you've extended to us and Lord, for the opportunity to be in the house of God, I pray that we would never take that for granted. I ask you tonight to give us the words and the wisdom, help us to preach for the next few moments with the touch of God. I pray that we would not just be a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal, but, oh God, I pray that you'd be lifted up, speak to our hearts, and I ask you, Lord, to bless now. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. (coughs) Amen. You can be seated. I want to draw your attention tonight to verse number six, where the Bible says, yet... Have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion? <clears throat> I want to preach on this subject tonight on the king of the hill, the king of the hill. Now, I preached uh, uh, from this chapter earlier back in this year. Uh, in this chapter here, as we mentioned before, that uh, this is a psalm of David. That is a messianic psalm that has to deal with uh, uh, the time that Jesus came uh, into this earth. Also, does it not only look to Calvary, but it also looks to the time that He will come a second time? And I do believe that Jesus is coming again. And in this psalm here tonight, you'll notice that there's four different people that are speaking. In this psalm. You'll notice first of all David as he says in verse number one, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing. Now David talks about the heathen in the first uh, three verses of this psalm. He talks about the heathen's anger as he says, why do the heathen rage? And you know, we're living in a day when that's exactly what the heathen are doing. Uh, they're angry, amen? <laughs> and they're angry uh, for a purpose and they're angry at the people of God. And so he talks about about the heathen's anger and this is a very unsafe hour to live in if you're a Christian and if you're a child of God, but it's also an exciting hour, amen, Uh, because the Bible says this is the way it would be and so I see the heathen's anger and then I see his attitude in verse number one as he says the people imagine a vain thing. Now that word imagine means to meditate and that's exactly what the heathen has done. They have sat around and they have meditated and they have thought... You think about all the liberties that have been taken away from us in America today. These are not things that was just decided on the, uh, the moment or off the cuff, but they have sit around and they have imagined these vain things uh, uh, that have been brought up. That's what the heathen do, and that's their attitude. And he talks about their anger, and then he talks about their appointment. As he said in verse number 2, the kings of the earth set themselves together. Uh, the rulers take counsel together. In other words, they have come come together and they have made an appointment with each other to imagine these vain things together and friend that's exactly what has happened around this world and in our nation and through our president and through our politicians today they have set themselves together and they have taken counsel together against the Lord's anointed and that's what the Bible talks about in verse number 2 as he talks about uh, their agenda what is their agenda? the Bible says here that they take counsel together against the Lord's against the Lord and against the Lord's anointed I'm telling you what Obama and what all of those God denying heathens uh, and all those my friend that are not for Christianity they're against the Lord and against his anointed amen and so he talks about their agenda and then he talks about the their aggression in verse number three. He said, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords. Now, you know what a band or a cord is? It's something that you tie something up with. It's something that you fasten something with. And we that are saved we're thankful for those cords and those bands. The Bible talks about a, a two and a three a, a fold cord is not easily broken. And, and thank God for some bands, some things that have have been tied up in my life and some things that have been tied up in your life but we appreciate that because we're saved but the heathen wants to cut those bands they want a society where everybody lives free and everybody does what's right in their own eyes and where there's no right or no wrong where there's no law where there's no good or no bad doesn't that sound like the society that we're living in today they're trying to break those bands they're trying to break those cords uh, uh, that of decency and morality in this hour and so David talks about the heathen and there's a second person in this psalm that talks and that's God the Father as the Bible said in verse number 4 he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision, notice the Bible says then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion so we've got David talking in the first three verses but then we've got God the Father speaking in these next three verses and God looks down from heaven and he looks upon the heathen, the kings of this earth as they come together and as they take counsel together against him and against his anointed and the Lord just laughs as to think that man could ever go against God and win the victory, amen? God said I'm gonna have them in derision. God said I'm gonna vex them in my sore displeasure Now I'm telling you, listen, if history has proven anything, it has proven this, that God will judge individuals and God will even judge nations that will turn their back on him. The Bible said, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And then the word of God said, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God and so God the Father speaks and then God the Son speaks in verse number seven. He said, I will declare the decree. Notice this. The Lord has said unto me, thou art my son this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thy inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now these verses here from the time that God God says yet have I set my king upon my holy hill from verse number four or verse number five down to verse number nine here God is looking out he's looking beyond Calvary and he's looking to that millennial reign he's not looking at the first coming but he's looking at the second coming when Jesus comes again and God says to his son he said thou art my son he said this day have I begotten thee he said if you'll just ask me he said I'm going to give you the heathens the, the kings of this world for thine inheritance and he said you're going to break them like a potter's vessel. When is that going to take place? I'll tell you when it's going to take place. It's going to take place at the battle of Armageddon in Revelation chapter 19 when Jesus comes back and the armies and the heathens of this world have taken counsel and they have set themselves together. They're going to, listen, come together down in that valley of Jehoshaphat and they're going to, listen, be ready to do war against the Son of God but Jesus Christ is going to speak and the Bible says the blood's going to flow to the horse's bridle and the Bible said that all the kings and the captains of this world, that their flesh is going to be eaten by the fowls of the air. God is going to break them like a potter's vessel. Amen. I'm telling you the word of God's true tonight, isn't it? It's a messianic psalm. And he says to the uh to the politicians and the president of our day, in verse number 10, the scriptures speak out and said, Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. He said, Serve the Lord with fear, rejoice with trembling, kiss the sun, lest he be angry and you perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. He tells them in these verses. Here, In verse 10, he gives these instructions to the kings and the politicians, the judges of this earth. He said, here's what you need to do. He said in verse number 11, you need to reverence the Lord. You need to respect and you need to honor God. Wouldn't America be a greater place tonight if our president and our politicians did reverence, amen, the Lord? Even if they weren't saved, if they would give respect and honor, God would bless this country once again. And then he says, not only do you need to reverence the Lord but you need to rejoice in the Lord with trembling amen in other words when something good happens you give the glory and the honor goes to God you rejoice in him with fear and with trembling that's good for the church today too isn't it then he says you need to receive the Lord you need to kiss the son lest he be angry with you and you perish in the way at the end of their speeches they'll say God bless America but God doesn't want you to kiss the father. He says, kiss the son. When's the last time you heard a politician when they gave a speech get up and say, I just want to give all the credit to the Lord Jesus Christ? They're afraid to kiss the sun. You know why that is? Because, my friend, a kiss is receiving someone. A kiss is your approval. It's a way, a form of greeting in Bible days. And they don't want to kiss the sun because then they would be identified with Christianity. When they say, God bless America, that means any God. That can mean that can mean Jehovah that could mean the Lord Jesus Christ but hey that could mean uh, that could mean Buddha or that could mean Mohammed the Bible didn't say kiss the father but he said you better kiss the son because on judgment day it's not going to be Mohammed and it's not going to be Buddha it's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ uh, who's going to be the judge of this earth amen and so he says you need to receive the son and you need to receive the Lord but then he closes this psalm by saying you need to rely on the Lord notice what he said Verse number 12, he said, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. God makes this psalm a very negative psalm talking about the heathen and what he's gonna do to them. But at the end, he tags it with a blessing to we that are saved. And I'm glad that in a time when it looks like our nation is going in the wrong direction, I'm glad I still know who the king of the hill is. The king of the hills, not Obama. The king of the hill is not the Republican Party, nor is it the Democrat Party. I'm telling you, the king of the hill is not the independent uh, listen, Baptist movement or the Southern Baptist movement or any other movement for that matter. I'm glad that God said in verse number uh, six here, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill. And he tells us that that king is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse seven, he said, thou art my son this day. Have I begun I mean, listen, the Lord makes that decision in verse number six. You kings can talk all you want to. You kings can do all you want to. But he said, I've done set my son upon that holy hill. And he said, You're, he's the beloved. And he said, I've given them unto you the heathen, as he said, for thy inheritance. Now what I see in this verse, in verse number six, is I see that it's sovereign. Amen? He said, yet have I set my king upon my Holy hill. there's some sovereignty in this verse, isn't there? God said, "I'm the one doing this. It's not uh, the me. It's not the people of this world that elects a man." God said, "I'm the one that's in charge." and God said uh, it's my king and it's my hill I, I want to tell you I remember when I was a kid playing king of the hill you would go to the top of that hill and whoever could could throw whoever was the strongest whoever was the toughest whoever uh, my friend could could keep those others off of that hill was the king of the hill Do you know how that game worked uh, you'd be on there for a little while and you'd be the king of that hill you'd throw somebody off and somebody else would come up and you'd throw somebody else off and man you'd feel like you was invincible and then you know you know what they do? They'd gather themselves together and say, okay, it's time for you to go. And it didn't matter how big you was. Uh, there was always more of them than there, what there was of you. And eventually you got through off the hill. You know what you'd do? If you couldn't beat the king, uh, you'd just get somebody else and you'd build a coalition and you'd go against whoever was at the top of that hill. Well, that's what's happening in these early verses. Uh, the heathen is building a coalition, but they're building one against the Lord and against the Lord Jesus Christ, but God said you can do whatever you want to. You can gather as many armies together as you want to. You can get as many arsenals and as many weapons as you want to. God said it's already been set. It's already permanent. It's already been put in stone. They ain't nobody going to dethrone Jesus. I'm telling you when he comes he's going to be large and in charge. He's going to call all the shots. He will be in control. Amen. And so I see the sovereignty of this verse and then I see here the splendor of it when Jesus comes he said I've set my king upon my holy hill he's not coming as a carpenter's son he's not coming as a peasant Jesus is not coming in poverty he's not returning my friend as a sacrificial lamb but he's coming as a king I'm glad that when I see him I'm going to see him in all of his glory Thank God we'll get the privilege of seeing the wounds. But we also see him in all the splendor. The Bible said that he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I see the splendor of this verse and then I see the sacredness of it. As he said, yet have I set my king, notice this, upon my holy hill. Amen. It's not just any hill, Brother Ronnie. But the hill that God is gonna set Jesus on is that holy hill of Zion. It's that place there in Jerusalem where my friend Jesus will reside for a thousand years upon this earth. And what the Bible will prove to us is what it was beginning to prove from Genesis chapter number three, that the only one that's capable and the only one fit to rule this earth is the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. amen? You remember in Revelation chapter five? John said that no man is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And That book is the title deed to this earth. And the only one worthy to open the book is the king. John said, I wept much because no man was worthy to open the book and he said and I turned and someone said to him an elder said behold the lion of the tribe of Judah the the root of Jesse uh, the root of David had prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof I'm telling you listen when he turned and he looked uh, he saw all of heaven rejoicing Uh, he saw angels bowing down and they was worshiping around the the throne and they was worshiping the king uh, and there was a holy ceremony that took place when Jesus opened that book And the reason is because when he comes, he's gonna be the king of this whole world, amen. But this psalm not only holds that future meaning, but it's also linked in with Psalms chapter one. It's a picture of Calvary. Because in Psalms chapter one, the first three verses deals with the blessed man. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the sea the scornful. And then it moves in verse number four down to the closing verse of Psalms one, dealing with the ungodly. The ungodly are not so, they're like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So in Psalms one, it begins with this blessed man, the Lord Jesus Christ. It deals with the ungodly. And as you flow right into Psalms chapter two, these Psalms just kindly hook up. And David said, why does the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? And the kings of the earth set themselves together to take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. The ungodly are raging from Psalms one to Psalms two. And if you remember when Jesus came to this earth, the Lord's anointed is none other than Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? The name Christ itself means the Lord's anointed. And when Christ came to this earth, is that not what they did? The king, you think about Herod, you think about Pilate, you think about the religious leaders of the day. What did they do? They took counsel together, didn't they? Brother Danny was teaching about that Sunday about one of those trials and Jesus had a civil trial. He had a religious trial and he had two civil trials and, and uh, as Jesus was brought before them, Isaiah said he would be brought from prison under judgment like a criminal. Our Lord was brought before the Sanhedrin. He was brought before Pilate. He was taken before Herod and as he stood there, none of them could find any fault in him. He was the king of the Jews uh, as they nailed it to the cross, uh, but they took counsel. Together They set themselves against the Lord and against his anointed. And as Peter preached at Pentecost, uh, they crucified the Lord of glory. Isn't that right? Uh, But I'm gonna tell you something. On resurrection morning, uh, God had the last laugh on this world uh, because he set his king on his holy hill uh, and Jesus on the Mount of Olives. uh, Thank God he ascended back into heaven uh, victorious. Uh, And he said in Revelation 1 and verse 7, "I Behold, I am he that was dead. And he said, I'm alive forevermore and I've got the keys to death and to hell. Thank God, I'm glad he's got the keys tonight. Ain't amen. amen. And he's alive. And what he said in verse number six, I've set my king upon my holy hill. It's both prophetic, but it's past, isn't it? Jesus was king at Calvary. He was king on resurrection morning. He's king right now, but he's gonna be king when he comes back. The Bible said in verse number eight here, he said, ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. Notice this. And the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. When Jesus came to this world as the Messiah, he said, the foxes have holes, the fowls of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath no place to lay his head. He owned it all, but he never claimed anything while he come into this world. The Bible said he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Jesus was a servant for 33 and a half years. He walked upon this earth as a lowly peasant, not claiming to own anything, but yet he owned it all. Adam had lost it in the garden, but Jesus never claimed to own it until after Calvary, until after the resurrection. And friend, when he came out and he had the keys to death and the keys to hell, he had the title deed in hand also for what everything that Adam lost in the garden, the last Adam not the second Adam but the last Adam thank God he bought it all back at Calvary paid for it with his own blood satisfied the altar that was in heaven and came up victorious amen Amen. and God set him on this holy hill and one of these days he's coming back isn't he and I want to tell you tonight if I was here and I was lost I'd get saved tonight if I was here tonight and I was backslid I'd get right with God tonight a lot of things ought to move us to the altar, but what ought to move us the most is the fact that any day Jesus could come. I wonder tonight if Christ comes, number one, are you saved? If you're here tonight, and I know it's Wednesday night, you say, preacher, I'm saved. It's Wednesday night. It's prayer meeting night. You never know who may be here lost. But number two, you, if you're here, you say, preacher, I know I'm saved, but are you where you need to be at with God? Are you right with the Lord? If you're hearing you say, preacher, I'm saved, I, I'm not backslid, then I want to remind you, the King's coming, friend. Jesus is coming. I watched Fox News, and I don't, even, I hadn't watched the news in a, probably six weeks. I, I couldn't tell you what's going on. I couldn't tell you what, what's happened. One, I ain't had time, but two, I just don't want to get depressed. Amen. Amen. I, I ain't read the paper. I walked past the saw a stack of papers the other day and I started looking I thought no I'm not even going to look it ain't going to be no good I hadn't watched the news and I hadn't read the paper but I'll tell you one thing I have read my Bible I'm going to tell you it looks good on heaven's side Jesus is coming and we got to be busy we we need to do all we can while we can and we need to live right because when he comes I want to be found faithful don't you? As we stand, as they get us a song ready, Brother Blake's going to sing tonight. If you need to come, use the altar. You just mind God while we sing.